This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is discussing every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Joining me out in the wilderness is my sister in all things Hyatt, Sylvan. Welcome. Welcome. Always happy to uh, go through the wilderness and back home with you, Jesse. Yes, it's it. We have a little extra elbow room. Sadly, this time we don't have a guest. And I once again, I want to say I got spoiled that for a couple weeks in a row we had a guest. And not that I don't love talking to you. It's always nice, but it is. I was oh, maybe we got a trend going on guests. Hopefully, that will continue. We are definitely promoting ourselves on the John Hyatt fan page. And I'll remind everyone that if you have a song in mind that you want to join us for, or you're just kind of curious, like what our schedule is up and you can read the titles, please come and look at our Google site. Going to try to be on Facebook or Twitter and remind people of our schedule for things upcoming. And if anything inspires you, come on and join us on zoom. It, I, we're not going to hurt anybody, we promise. It's not. I did want to officially, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but we are now part of the Pantheon Network. This is a podcast to, podcast network devoted to just music podcast. They have a lot of great ones, including Rock and Roll Archaeology, which is is doing a history of rock and roll, treating as if they were archaeologists discovering 200 years from now and using popular culture and music and all talking about the times. There is the story song podcast, which is one of my favorites. Steph and Steph talk tunes. The, the rock and roll librarian has retired, but they now have rock lit, which is a podcast that focuses just on rock and roll novels. Yeah. And they have welcomed us with very warm arms and actually three or four of hosts on the podcast reached out and said, Hey, have you have anyone for this? And they've actually named a few songs. None of them 
recent in the alphabet, but they have. So I've added them to our shared spreadsheet. And uh, there's a guy that actually said he spent some time working with John on live tours that we're trying to get. He has expressed an interest in joining us. So we're hoping that's going to happen. So exciting things. An audience, if you can cross your fingers, pardon the John Hyatt pun, and give a little bit of feedback to really encourage that uh, insider to come and join us, we'd really appreciate that. Absolutely. I, I can't wait. Yeah, me either. And uh, Another John Hyatt reference. Yeah. How many, how far is Jazz Fest for you? Jazz Fest is just a couple of weeks. I'll be leaving the 2nd of May, going to New Orleans a day early. And I have reached out just to let John's management know that I'll be there. I, as a reminder to our listeners, I have been doing another project, my fan magazine, going all the way back to the 90s. And it has always been unofficial, just as we are unofficial. So I've never actually had a sit-down interview with John. I'm hoping that being a festival with a lot of downtime and multiple days, maybe I could grab John with my cell phone and record a couple of questions. But if that remains a pipe dream, I'm okay dreaming about it and not having it happen. Yes. If listeners, if you want to throw good karma in the air, that would be great for us. If nothing else, him say, if you could get him recording, you're listening to perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z. I, I would lose. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. And if anyone happens to be listening, who's going to be at Jazz Fest, I'll be the weirdo walking around with purple hair and passing out some business cards with our podcast information on it. Yeah. Um, I did have this in, um, the, I was at a, comic book convention, a pop culture festival, and they reached out and said, hey, we're having the actor who played in Game of Thrones. I I can't think of his name now, but he was one of the characters that was sleeping with with Cersei Lannister. All right. I would jump in to help you, but despite that being very much in my wheelhouse, I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah. He, so we were supposed to go to dinner with some friends and my friend Tom Zoller said, just remind you, you do a Game of Thrones podcast. (laughs) Do you, you sure? And I'm like, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And the couple we were going to dinner with, the family were like, go. So he, and I believe it was Ansel Lannister. I'm trying to look it up. But anyway, the actor watched the show with us. Of course, we did not ask any questions because we knew we couldn't and all the things. And then I said, could we get a picture? And I got a picture with them. And then I pushed it. I said, is there any way you could record this is blank? Blank from Game of Thrones. You're listening to Small Council Matters. And he goes, yeah, hold on. So he took my phone. He went in the bedroom, did two Mm -hmm. takes, came back and said, does this sound good? Yes. And so I didn't tell my co-host. I just sent it in the Dropbox. And they were like, what? How did what? So, yeah, it was. 
yeah, you can, you could surprise me like, Hey, Jesse, you should check the box. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Very nice guy. All right. I think we've done all our business. It is not that I don't enjoy the two songs. Sometimes we're, we don't want to get to the songs because they aren't as maybe what we want them to be. But I actually, spoilers, I really love the song we're talking about tonight. So why don't you give us just the facts? Okay, just the facts. Tonight we are talking about Carry You Back Home, which was track number 11, the closing track on the CD, The Open Road. And this is the first time we've discussed any songs from that album. So I'm going to go into a little bit of a history of the album, not specific about the song. It was released March 2nd, 2010. Hard to believe a decade ago. And it was recorded with the band name at the time, The Ageless Beauties, which included Kenneth Blevins, my favorite drummer of all time, Doug Lancio and Patrick O'Hearn. When they went out on tour, they were known as The Combo, but it's the same band. And this was another of the albums that John recorded at home. And I'm going to go ahead and just read a little passage from Mike Elliott's book, uh, those of you listening for the first time, Mike Elliott's Have a Little Faith, the John Hyatt story is a favorite of us to refer to on this podcast, it includes so yes. much great information. He noted that Doug Lancio talked about the band. That was a great band. John gave us a lot of freedom. He was completely secure and confident that we were going to follow him wherever he went. And for the open road, they got together and played using a Sonoma system that they had been working on the road. Lancio recalls it was cantankerous. It was a difficult thing for him to work with. And he was balancing all of that at the same time. He was basically on his own with that. There's nobody that could really help him. He had one guy on the telephone and some manuals. When it would come back around, he would just start playing the tune. And that's kind of his MO anyway. It always has been. Just capturing the moment with the song coming as it is. Didn't like to work on stuff too much. Didn't really want the band to know the song that well. It, we had a really great time. It was just going out to his place in Franklin where it was very quiet. And it was great to just get away from everything. We'd hang out there all day around the garage and try to get a song or two a day. So I just love the kind of do-it-yourself energy that that quote encapsulates and I think comes through on the recording. And I also just wanted to mention that Franklin, Tennessee farm, which is all over the liner notes of the open road and walk on gorgeous pictures. If anyone isn't familiar is now bed and breakfast, John and Nancy sold that farm. And Jesse, I think we should make a promise to ourselves that when we get to zero house, we're going to book a trip and anyone who wants to join us can book a room at the same time at the fork in that's the website the fork and you'll know it when you see it and uh, we'll celebrate this journey that we've taken by coming back home to john's old home i'm in i linda's <laughs> in i i think that would be great I think all right that would be so much fun book it so that's good mark your calendars for i think we're currently on schedule for 2028 june 2028 yes i don't know we may have to just look at a oh we we've gone through the e's or f's and do a mid like a halftime report there that would be fun i'm up for that too yeah that sounds great 
Good. And just on a personal note, as I mentioned, this was released March 2nd, 2010. When I pulled out my copy of the CD, some tickets jumped out at me for March 9th, which I think was the really tightest deadline I had ever given myself between a CD release and getting a fanzine together. But I did have a print fanzine that I passed out in Lebanon, New Hampshire, all the way back in 2010. And I brought back a lot of great memories to see that when I pulled out the CD. Oh, that's nice. That is really great. Cool. All right. Thank you for just the facts. We'll be back in just a moment to break down this song. We're going to talk about the melody and we're going to talk about the lyrics. So hang tight and we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stephen Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we're back. Uh all right, so I first impressions, I had not spent a lot of time with this song, and I really enjoyed the song a lot. In fact, sometimes, and once again, I, I say this a lot, we are amateurs at best, and so pulling back the curtain, Sylvan and I both put a, a playlist together of the songs we're going to talk about and we listen to them and then we look at the lyrics and we do each of us do it a little different way. But so I'm listening to the song we're doing now and the song we're doing next week on and off. And 
wow, what a great duo. <laughs> yeah, they did have a nice combo together. Yeah, and that isn't always the case. It yeah. is, yeah, it, this is, I'm really looking forward to, in next episode, we'll talk about the time difference between recording this. I'm glad you said that because that was the first thing that came to my mind is that sometimes when we're doing this, it's very obvious to me that, oh, this is the blank period of John's career. It's the getting loud. It's the pre-sobriety. It's the midlife crisis or the going back to acoustic kind of feel. This song to me didn't feel that way, that it belonged to a certain era. And I mean that as a great compliment that I think you could slide it in with just about any of his songs at any point and have it feel like it makes sense. This is the songwriting that we expect from John and it's a simple production. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that timelessness that you were just referring to Jesse very much was apparent to me as well. Yeah. I really, and we've talked, I've used the word smooth multiple times when we're discussing different um, songs. And this one felt smooth to me. This is, I don't want to say John's using a falsetto like Brian Wilson, but he is shooting his higher range. There is yes. just to me the right amount of strain in his vocals. He is pushing the upper limits of his voice a little bit to have that the higher range in the strain. That's the only other way I know how to say it. Do you agree with me that's where it is? I agree. And it's not a falsetto. It's not the I can't wait where he's singing in that upper register the whole time. He's using it to, I think, put an exclamation point on the end of each of these lines. You know, it starts in his normal register and then ends at that upper point. I don't need a reason. Yeah. Find your love so pleasing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sorry, everyone. I promise I'll never sing again. No. But I didn't know how to make that point. We know how we love to sing. I love to sing. All right. You want to take us through the lyrics? Let's go through them. Sure. First verse. I don't need a reason that I find your love so pleasing. I know you can carry me back home. Been out on the wilderness. I could use a little tenderness. Baby, I know you can carry me back home. So from the get-go, it's a love song. And it's a high classic, mature love song. It's about being in love, not falling in love. It's a couple that has made a home together and have gone out into the world and found their comfort by returning to each other, which is all there in some very simple lines. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, I love the idea I don't need a reason that I find your love so pleasing. We've gotten past maybe that physical attraction or a Shakespeare sonnet. Yeah. Yeah. Shared history, shared interest. I don't need that. And the, this is a love song about 
and we'll get to the next verse, but I love how we go back and forth on who's carrying. One of the things that I am a firm believer in that marriage is never 50 50. It's 90 10, 10 90 sometimes, and you hope that it evens out in the long run that each of you do your share of compromise and support that it works out mostly 60, 40, 40, 60, 50, 50 in the long run. Right. But there are times when you do it and he's saying, I know you can carry me back home. I've been out in the wilderness. Is that working a day job? Is that touring? Is that out looking for a job? Is that who knows what it could be? But life can beat you up, and I could use a little tenderness. I Mm -hmm. just need a soft place to fall. I need that support that your loving arms are going to give me, like in the love of the arms, right? And I just – I love – and John does a great job of – he can write romantic love songs, but – I think one of the things he excels at is writing mature love songs that the passion may be gone. The, the roaring flames, but that burning embers of soft comfort togetherness is truly where you build a life together. Yes. And there's a reason that. Everyone is anxious to come and talk to us about have a little faith, which is the ultimate example of exactly what you're describing, Jesse, is because John is really good at that. And let's call it out that not everyone can write that kind of love song. They are the rarities in pop music. More often, it's the angel eyes. It's the I'm seeing you. I'm taking a risk. I want to fall in love. I. I'm so attracted to you, not the, I don't need a reason to love you. I'm not trying to woo you. I am telling you that this is good and I value what we've had over this long stretch. And I just watched on CBS as a recording this on Sunday, they did a salute to the Grammys Mm -hmm. and Brandy Carlisle, along with John Legend did a version of God Only Knows which I think is one of the most beautiful songs ever written, but it is this overly romantic. I don't know if I'll always love you. God knows what I'd do without you. God only knows where I'd be without you. There is this romantic, this overly excited, this young, passionate love. And it is, adore the song. This is the other end of, yeah, I need you and you need me and we're going to walk through this world together. And uh sometimes you'll get ahead of me. Sometimes I'll get ahead of you and we'll wait for each other. I didn't say it. I didn't. You didn't say it. I want to say it, but we're not going to say it. <laughs> and we will tell you why in a minute. If someone is listening, wow, that sounds like a lyric I should know. Anyway, <laughs> Anything else on the first verse? We want to move on to the second. Let's move on to the second. You want okay. me to? 
Read that or? Yeah, I can. Oh, and I it. give good as I get. There is a night you will never forget. This is a night you will never forget. So I'm not telling. I'm asking you. Abandon all known points of view. Honey, let me carry you back home. So we've got the flip. Yeah. I, I love the idea that I know you can carry me back home, but you know what? You can count on me to carry you back home too. When you're weary, I've got your back. And I'm going to be there for you. It, yes. so this is a two-way streak. Yes. And that is why when you mentioned this is a mature love that because we know. And I love that line. I'm not telling. I'm asking you. Yes. I love that as well. And I think it very much speaks to not taking your partner for granted which is so important in that mature love that, you know, you never assume that the love is going to continue on its own power. You choose to fall in love every day and it's a request. It's a, can you meet here, meet me here? And can you abandon all known points of view? I think that's all about starting fresh and looking at each other not with these assumptions of our lives up to this point of getting to know each other every day, not saying, oh, you're the same person I woke up to for the last 30 years. Hey, stranger, what can I learn about you? What can I earn my place next to you? And can I go home with you? Yeah, the a couple of weeks ago, they talked about that in the seat of the car and he's heard all her stories before. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the version of I, I am seeing you new every time and this mutual of this is a night you will not forget. And so that I love the idea of the respect. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. why don't we go on now? Can I have a small confession here? Yeah. It's totally me. Yeah. But there was a really bad, I think it was like a diamond commercial where there was a very over the top proposal and, uh, if they were in this place and it's, Oh, I don't know this place. What is this in relation to our relationship? And he says, you're going to remember this place because he gets down on one knee. For some reason, that horrible commercial always comes back to me <laughs> when I hear the line, this is a night you will never forget. It's gonna be a hard to And I wish I had something to replace it with. <laughs> That's actually, I do find that it's the quiet nights that you don't plan on being epic end up epic. Those are the ones you remember the most. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that can exactly. maybe reprogram my brain. Thank okay, you, Jesse. Good. All right, good. All right, next. All right. I've been sailing a ship of fools past steel-eyed buildings, glass swimming pools. Baby, you can carry me back home. They all said the earth was flat, but I think I can live with that. Baby, you can carry me back home. These are the kind of lyrics that I love pulling out for my crossword on the fanzines. Mm-hmm. As far as the meaning, it, I think it does speak again to that world weariness and finding your comfort and your strength and your 
sense of self in this other person and your home. Sailing a ship of fools, steel-eyed buildings, glass swimming pools, that the fragility, the fake facade of these giant monuments that we build to industry that really can crumble into nothing and are hollow. I think all of these images speak to a certain transparency or nothing inside glass swimming pools, steel-eyed buildings. And then they all said the earth was flat. I think I can live with that. Like I don't need to argue my point or convince the masses that what I see is true. Everything I need that is true is here with you. Yeah. I remember reading an Isaac Asimov biography and he had, he was in the army and he was over at the barracks and he was overhearing two fellow soldiers and one of them was explaining something to the other one and they got it totally wrong. And Isaac said in his autobiography, he sighed and okay, it's my responsibility to go over there and correct them because they're getting it all wrong. And he realized, no, why should I? That's not my job. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that skip ahead for a couple of minutes. If you don't want to hear politics, listeners, Lynn and I, I've been very vocal that we are two blueberries in a very strawberry state. <laughs> and there are times when Linda will come home and I will come home and man, just no one around us thinks the way we do. <laughs> Why are we living in Texas? And I can just see him. Okay. They said the earth was flat. I, I don't care. I'm coming home to you. I've got you, I've got the kids, I've got our home, and that's enough for me. And mm-hmm. there, once again, that maturity, that love is so strong. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. Trust, that's a word that we know, but how much does it take to let go? I would give my life for you, do anything to pull you through. Honey, let me carry you back home. And then we have a beautiful guitar solo. It Mm -hmm. is smooth. It is really beautiful. It is low key. It is just this gentle break. And trust, that's a word that we know. If you've been in a good relationship or a bad relationship, trust is the foundation Absolutely. And you, you can rebuild a relationship after they've, you've broken each other's trust, but it takes even more work than it does going in there. And that idea, how much does it take to let go of hurt feelings, to let go of problems, to of ego? Yeah. Ego. Yes. I was listening to, and this is going to sound random, but I was listening to a podcast that Lynette Carolla does with her best friend, and I can't think of the name of it. That podcast title is called For Crying Out Loud. They were doing a little Q&A question, and they had asked about marriage. And Lynette and Adam Carolla, high-profile divorce, 
And so Lynette was like, do you really want me to answer that question about what works a happy marriage? And her friend said, what I'll say is I think trust in you don't, your partner isn't worried. You aren't where you're supposed to be. Your partner doesn't give you a hard time if you stay late at work or you end up going out with friends or you do something else, not in a, oh, I was worried about you. Just I need to know where you are all the time. And I love the idea, right, that ego and how much does it take to let go of all these things? And his very, I would give my life to you, do anything to pull you through this. And he's now saying, let me carry you back home. You've been beat up. You've had a tough time. And now then I'm there for you. I, If I could take away the pain, I would. But at least what I can do is to carry you back home. Just like at the beginning of the song, he's saying, I've, I've had a horrible day and I need a little tenderness. So this mm-hmm. mutual love and support system is just really beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really think it speaks to that mature love that he puts those two lines together. Trust, that's a word that we know, but how much does it take to let go? It, it's like the trust fall into each other's arms, but on an emotional sense. Yeah. I don't need to see that you're going to catch me. I know that you're going to catch me. And that in turn means that I am willing to take the great risk to put up my life for you because I know you would never ask it if it wasn't a hundred percent necessary. And you are more important to me than me that giving up the ego sense. Now that can get thrown out of balance in a love relationship. And I have had a lot of therapy, but I'm not a therapy, so I'm not going to go too far into that. But I think that idea works in this song in a way that like before I was really into John Hyatt, I was really into Brian Adams and he had the song, everything I do for you. And I would die for you was the big line that came from the Robin hood movie. Romantic and beautiful Hollywood moment, but come on, no one wants to live their life like that to be thinking that, their part in the relationship is all about sacrifice. I think what comes next and the other pieces of this musical puzzle that he's putting together in this song are what make that line really work and not seem cheesy. Yeah. Why don't you bring us to the end? Okay. And your love lingers on in my mind after the fact of any moment sublime So I'm not telling I'm asking you, abandon all old points of view, honey, let me carry you back home. And then he rephrases, I'm not telling I'm asking you, abandon all known points of view, honey, let me carry you back home. So we've got old points of view and known points of view, which is a kind of interesting choice to play those two words against each other. Yeah. And the idea that there is... My brother-in-law, Linda's brother and his wife, Ralph and Robin, told the story that they had been married multiple years. They had four children and they walked into a furniture store and they both said, yeah, that one. 
Nice. They didn't have to discuss. They're like, yep, that's the one we want. We'll take two of them. (laughs) You you don't want the love? Nope. We don't want the love seat. We want just two couches. And that, uh, the comfort and one of the things I think that can hurt a relationship, be it a, a romantic relationship, a sexual relationship, just a friendship, a business relationship, the idea of carrying baggage. Saying, okay, but remember when, and then that can be unhealthy. And this is, I think, his way of saying, I'm going to abandon all old points of view. I'm going to all known points of view and just, I'm going to trust you. You're going to trust me and we will each carry each other home. Yes. And that there are so many sublime moments that he carries with him that gets him through the hard times the love lingering on in his mind it's that kind of lyric would speak to someone who is lost and it's lingering on in your mind in a wistful way no it's lingering there to be called on when i need it to get me through those tough times and it's lingering there to remind me that when we're fighting about the dishes or I'm about to go on tour and you're so fed up with me because I can't decide what I'm going to pack or whatever that it's there waiting to be called on to remind us of this is why we have chosen us to form our life together. Yeah. And it is easy to try to throw autobiography, autobiographical facts into his songwriting because in often cases, he does use his life to tell stories. That was one of the things that when you were first on, you know, a podcast with me, you talked about discovering that, wait a minute, seven little Indians, seven children. Oh, wait. But I also think he's a storyteller. Absolutely. And I think there is a grain of truth and there is a grain of fiction in every story he writes. And I, so it would be easy to say to me, and I don't think it would be fair that because of his other relationships and maybe because of his current wife's previous relationships, maybe they found this together. I think that was, I'm guessing in the back of his mind, once again, to quote John, but not everything, right? Mm -hmm. Is this is, a, we often hear when I'm listening to an interview with a writer, he'll say something comes up and that was a, a grain of a point that was expanded 15 million times that made the novel. And mm-hmm. was it based on truth? It was based on an idea. And then I went and run with it. What do you think? Yes. I think you're playing with the idea that I've thought about a lot when I used to write myself that there is factual truth and then there's emotional truth that exactly what you were just saying that it doesn't have to be something that necessarily happened but John writes from the heart I don't think any of us can argue that and our hearts are formed by our experiences so whether any of these lines if there was a glass swimming pool somewhere that was on their honeymoon or something like that 
who knows? But it's all there in the performance and the way that all these images fit together. Yeah, I totally agree. The idea that you, I love that emotional truth. My, I've talked about it before. Sarah Hickman, who is a Texas based singer songwriter and she will tell stories on stage. One of the things she does a lot when she performs is she tells a lot of stories in between songs. And, and she will say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Right. I'm performing a care. I'm performing a story. I'm performing as a character on stage and I'm doing the things. And so I, I think that is a very good. And, there is definitely emotional truth in this story. In this story. Yes. Anything else you want to add before we rate? Your story about Sarah Hickman there just reminded me of one of the times I saw John Lyle Lovett, Joe Eli, and Guy Clark, and they were kind of telling stories or whatnot. And someone in the audience screamed out, just play a song. And I was like, whoa, rude. And yeah. two, it's, if you just want to listen to a song, go home and put on the CD. Like yes. they're sharing an experience with you. Let right. the artists do what they choose. Yes. Soapbox. <laughs> yes, yes. It, no, I am right there with you. We were lucky enough. If, several years ago, we went on a Tennessee vacation and my brother-in-law Clay got us tickets to Blue Barrel Cafe that on the TV show Nashville, they always show. And it was in the round. And Carly Pierce and Josh Abbott from the Josh Abbott band and two other artists. I can't remember their names right offhand, but I ended up Amy something and it was in the round and they had four chairs facing each other. It was, there was as if they were at a dinner table with no table and took one song, then the next one, the next, the next one. And they talked about the songs and it was one of the best nights of by life. That right? sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so I do think like I would love to even when I saw John acoustical, he was still doing a show. I would adore to be in a small intimate arena or venue with him on a chair with a couple of guitars and just talking and telling stories. VH1 storytellers had that for several years ago. And yeah. I would love to have John do that. I just to tell stories and talk. And uh, yeah, when that show was on it, my mom and I would always talk about how much we wanted John to do that. And yeah. I got close to that kind of show that you're describing when I saw John at the exit in, but he was still letting the record speak, letting his song speak for himself. Once again, I'm going to express my jealousy for Mike Elliott to have sat down and had so many conversations with John and Mike, hopefully you'll come and join us yes. and maybe share one of those stories that didn't make it into the book for an upcoming song. So that would be great. Absolutely. All right. Anything else we need to cover? I don't think so. I'm I nervous about rating. So yes. Yeah, so we're going to stop for a moment. And we had a fun discussion this week on John Hyatt 
Facebook page about, and I do say, yes, Sylvan is a tough grader, but I think she's a fair grader. And so I, I tend to be a little more romantic or easy. I'm the easy grade, but I say stick to your gun, Sylvan. I will start first. This feels like it's better than a, than a three. This is, it's a solid, great song. I love the way his voice, I love after talking to it more, I want to give it a four because, and I realized that I just went through some buddies of mine who did a, a job evaluation. A three, we have high standards in this company. If you get a three, that means you are kicking butt and taking names. That is not average. And so in a lot of ways, a three is a really, is a great song and it would be a four or five for someone else. I got to give this one a four though. So Sylvan. Well, you just said everything I was going to say to explain why I'm giving it a three. Mm-hmm. That I am giving this a three basically to set our scale. Yeah. That I want to remind people this isn't rating songs against a very broad category that doesn't include John Hyatt songs. This is a scale that is only for John Hyatt songs. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that we're going to end up with a perfect bell curve, but I'm going to say that a three has to be the standard of a very good John Hyatt song, not better than average, not the best of the best, not a little, not quite up to average, but like what you would expect from John Hyatt. And I think this song is what you would expect from John Hyatt. The rhymes are a little unexpected and the music is lovely, but it doesn't have that little extra punch. And I'd almost even say that if this was a record that was produced by maybe Kevin Shirley, it could have been a four stone. I think there is something into the production of they're just going to try to capture something without working it too hard on the farm and the production. Sorry, I don't remember if the whole album was actually produced by John too. I'm going to call it a three. All right, so you've convinced me. I'm going to drop it to a 3.5. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because I, I love that. I love your statement. What This is what I expect from a John Hyatt song. This song does not leave me disappointed. And when you think of that, that makes me easier to give it. And you stay tight. No half numbers for you. I like it a little bit more than you. I'm going to do 3.5. But, yes. Final answer, Phil. Uh, Regis. <laughs> okay. And um, if this sparks a debate. Oh, great. Okay. I All accept right. it. Yeah. So we got some interesting feedback that I think we're going to have fun talking about. So John, I will not give his last name because he didn't, I don't know if he wanted his last name used, but he sent us a, a message on our Facebook page, our perfectly good podcast face page. And, um, He said, just started listening to the podcast today, enjoying it, while I've been a big fan of Hyatt fan for a while. However, I'm not at all a fan of Springsteen. 
I don't get the references and find them highly annoying. Just the listener's insight. Oh, uh, I, I don't know if anyone watches the NBA, but often in the pro game, when the referee calls a foul, the player will raise his hand and go, yep, that's me. I, I did the foul. So I'm raising my hand. Yes, that is. I, and so I send him back that, you know, I really appreciate it. And my only excuse is John and Bruce are both brilliant songwriters. So often I connect the dots because of them. They often will explore the same themes yet do it in very different ways. But I think yes. that's very val- valid feedback, and I love it, John, and I am so happy that, one, you're enjoying the podcast, and two, felt comfortable enough to give us this feedback because he did it very nicely. He was very polite. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, Sylvan, thoughts? And I'm not as big of a Springsteen fan as you, but I am also a Springsteen fan, and whoo, there was a landmine earlier. <laughs> discussion today. So I really want to applaud you, Jesse, for steering around that. That takes some self-control. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, thank you. And so there, see people, please, you know, give us feedback. Let us know what to do. If they want to reach us, how can they? A great place is the Facebook page for Perfectly Podcast. We have a Google site that you can find all our information. I am Sylvan Groth on Facebook and Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. And our email, I believe, is perfectlygoodpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. So How about great. you, Jesse. Yeah, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. I have a Facebook page as too, Jesse Jackson. You can, if you don't want to hear, if you do hearing Bruce Springsteen, you can hear Set Lusting Bruce that just hit a thousand episodes. And <laughs> As we're recording this, I'm, we've putting out some special episodes I'm really proud of. Peter Ames Carland, who is written, had wrote, has written a wonderful Bruce biography that came out many years before Bruce's autobiography. So it's a great book. He also did a wonderful Brian Wilson book and a Paul Simon book and he was on, he was my 1000th episode and then <laughs> This was so much fun, Sylvan. We had, we had eight of us in a Zoom room on a Saturday morning and Chris Bloom from South Africa had done 256 Springsteen songs and we got it down to one. That's impressive. Yes. And I mean- that was. There were six, we had six judges. We had someone from Sweden, Canada. We had the U.S. Chris was the master of ceremonies and I was Kamala Harris. Only if it was three, three, did I vote for the song and we got okay. down to number one. And is that already out there for people to find and listen to? The first part came out today as we're recording this on April 12th. The second part where we go from the second round all the way to the sweet 16 will come out tomorrow. And then Friday, the third, by the time this comes out, it will be gone. Believe it or not, Racing in the Street was the number one song. Spoilers. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe you spoiled it for us. But yes. <laughs> Yeah, we were, in fact, it was neat. Steve, who lives in Dallas, 
had his bracket. He says, I knew it would be Born to Run, Thunder Road. That was going to be the two, that was going to be the two top songs. And, and it, he said, I, my, a real Cinderella story. Exactly. Yes. So well, thank you. Yeah. Check that out. Please let us know. Need a favor. If you can go to wherever you listen to your podcast and if you want to go to the Pantheon iTunes feed and throw a review saying, I'm so happy that you guys have picked up perfectly good podcast, we would appreciate it. Uh, yes. So they have been nice to invite us on board. And so we want to do give some love to our new podcast network. All right. Well, I got another one down. And uh, yes. hey, let's keep doing this. What do you think? I'll see you in 2028, Jesse. All right. In Franklin, right? Yes, absolutely. We have it on record. Yes. All right. then. <laughs> that means we've got to have a little faith. Have a little faith. Bye. Bye-bye. Don't let go. Ever. Every kiss begins with K. Stop. 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 Enough is too much. Baby, we can come on home. Put the cow horns back on the Cadillac and change the message on the quarter. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.